Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I want to know more about what product managers are doing when they're not working full time. I stumbled across far more interest than I was expecting in contract gigs for product managers. There's like a few things on my mind in relationship to this. Product management is super high context. I want to know how are people doing it? Are they doing it well? Are they doing multiple clients at once? They should have one. Are they doing it on the side of their full-time gig? Like I just, it just sort of opened this whole Pandora's box for me that I was like, oh, what are people doing? And I think with all the layoffs and the change in the tech employment environment, I assume that's impacting things. Yeah, I just have like a big open question. Do you guys know any contracting PMs? What are they doing? I have explored it in the past and I actually chose not to do it. I, I had a couple opportunities. I've done contracting in the past, but not in the product side. And that is a hustle, right? It's like gig working. You have to yeah. find clients. You have to have invoices. You have to deal with a lot of other things like taxes and a whole bunch of things that are a little bit, it just seemed like a lot to do of stuff that I didn't necessarily want to do while trying product manager. And so it just didn't make sense for me at the time. I've done it off and on, and I've spent a bunch of time contracting as like a full-time thing, like just doing multiple projects, particularly when I was living in the Bay Area, working with a lot of different startups as clients. And, you know, like kind of like Kevin said, that was my business. You know, I think when you do like a side hustle piece, like I did a, this not related to product management, but recently I, I've been doing some like contracts for cooking and like creating recipes and things of that nature for some brands. And that's kind of been like a little side hustle for me. And, you know, but at the same time, yeah, you get 1099. My wife and I, she is technically a full-time contractor and we have a little business set up so that we can manage that with our accountant. But I was kind of like, yeah, our tax is going to be a mess this year. Jeff got married. She contracts full time. We do rental properties on the side as well. So it's kind of like, we we're just like, this is going to just be a, a zoo, <laughs> but it's, it's fun all the same. It sounds like when you are a contract product manager and you're running, you're going out and finding it all, product management becomes job number four. The first three being sales, marketing, and finance. It depends on how the, how the contracts come to be. If you got a friend or somebody like that or who's at a different business, I got a friend of mine who's at a, a startup. I didn't end up working with them, but she was like, yeah, we could, we might be looking for a contract like product manager to come in and help us out for a couple of months to get some processes organized. And depending on like if you know them or like know and like that's how a lot of stuff has come to me is like just by proxy. So you're not like spending as much time marketing. Most of the time I functioned without a website. I had one for a little bit and usually would just come in. And then you would deal the contract as is. And really the only challenging piece after that is just managing the taxes and making sure that like your 
not going to be paying in at the end of the year unless you expect. I would say that's probably the main thing, but the rest of it can be pretty simple. And I think the further along people are in their product careers, the more capable they are at managing different product products at the same time. Like if you manage a portfolio of products at a bigger company, you're already used to having your hand in 20 different pies, right? Like, you know, you already know what it's like. And so adding one more on is really not too big of a deal in my opinion. I feel like when I've managed a portfolio of products, like I've not been in the weeds on everyone. So I'm like, I, like if you're contracting multiple clients as a fractional PM, are you in the weeds for each one? Are you in the weeds for one and strategic on the other? How many hours do you need to be on board to be strategic and deliver value? It's a good question, but I think that's like kind of down to you as like the PM to pick what best suits you and your like skill set. In my case, like what I was always really comfortable with early on in when I was doing kind of product consulting work, especially for startups, was really helping them organize around the bigger picture elements, market, business, like, and probably not getting as much into the weeds of like split testing features on, on an individual product. I'm like, that's something like the business could handle. So for me, I, I always thought that higher level kind of kept me out of the weeds, but I, did, I can see a world where it would be harder if somebody was trying to have to get down into like, hey, we're contracting you to help us run split tests or something. They also have to know what kind of relationship they think that they will have with contractors. Because if you look at the difference between like, well, without naming names, some organizations send consultants out to be, to, to be whatever it is the customer asks for that day. And they'll just say, yes, sir, and go do it, regardless of whether it's a good idea. <laughs> and then there are other places where it's reversed and they hire these consultants to come and be super opinionated and to tell them, you're doing it wrong and here's the right way, or you're thinking about it wrong and here's the right way, or whatever it may be. And then there's everything in between. And... Every person that you're interacting with up and down the chain might have a different impression about what you're there to do. Yeah, this is what feels really messy to me about trying to hire contract PMs. Who am I getting? What will they do? <laughs> What's, you know, like the vetting process feels extra complicated. Where it like devs and be like, what languages do you write in? What frameworks can you use? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plop a piece of work in front of you and ask you to get it done, right? There's like an end of demoable done. So starting to think about scoping work and then, then there's this match, right? If I'm going to hire contract PMs to staff to projects, do I have the kinds of projects that contract PMs want to work on and, and vice versa? Um, it's like interesting market to start uncovering. It's interesting to me because as I think about scaling a services business, so Focus Labs where I am now is a services business where we're staffing often strategic balanced teams to enterprise clients and as you scale, you want to staff where you know you're going to have work to do. I don't want to bring someone on full-time, uncertain about whether or not after the next project, there'll be something else. So there are these opportunities to do burst staffing. Oh, wait, we, we're, we're oversold, but we want to keep building the business. On the dev side, we can just pull from other dev shops and get some extra staffing there without putting them on our books. You know, can I do that as a PM? Where do I go? There's not a PM shop to pull from. I don't know. I think it's Topital or something like there that. There is Topital. That is on my list yeah. of places to discover. That's kind of like, 
a, a marketplace for that. There's a lot of gig type of economy products that they kind of weave in the practice, but then it's like vetting the candidates and figuring out quality and then what you're trying to get out of it. It sounds like it's just a very normal business problem of supply and demand and how you manage it and making sure you're putting your bets in the right places and you're just balancing it well enough to keep it going. I had a creative agency back a long time ago and I dealt with the same thing of balancing all the other business related work you have to do with the act work you have to do. And then you would get, you know, more projects coming in at a given time. Then you'd have to freelance those out. And then, yeah, like you said, the engagement, the quality, all those things are real concerns. But going back to your original question about what do PMs do outside of the core job, I deliberately chose not to do that because I use that time for relaxation or the ability to kind of sit with that concepts, ideas, not get burnt out, and then come refreshed. I also have two toddlers that are uh, take a lot of my time, so I don't, I don't really have time for those things. And so the time that I do have available, I do want to spend it with my family and that kind of stuff. Other folks might have a lot of free time and, and plenty of resources to put in there. So I think it is situation dependent, but uh, I do still have an itch to start projects. And I know Lou shares that and others as well. We're just tinkers. We're creators. We want to do things. And so we do have side projects and stuff like that, but in terms of formalizing that and finding a place I also have to be accountable for is that's where I just, I don't want to do that. I, this is my time <laughs> to be more creative and I don't necessarily okay. want to be, you know, just executional, but uh, that's my perspective. Yeah. There's something to that lifestyle. Like, so what I've heard about Topical so far is folks find that they're getting like a really mix of quality. It seems like it is just a marketplace that's sort of matching. Like I signed up as a PM, business signs up to find people, you try to match on it. The PMs I've talked to who have used Toptal, it's like they tend to get a lot of like more project management type work, less like real meaty product management work. But it, I think it does show some sort of interest. And I'm hearing more people that even like, you know, like the two of you just mentioned, like, you know, I have this other project I want to work on. I want to spend a little more time at home. I don't want to do the 40 hour a week grind. Can I put in more time? I spent some time at lunch a couple of weeks ago with someone that's doing a bunch of fractional product work. He's like, my sweet spot's 25 hours a week. I've been doing it for a year and a half and um, like still making good money and doing it really well. Just seems like there's an interesting shift in potential yeah. opportunity in that space. I've gone through phases of it. I haven't done dedicated product consulting recently but i think kind of to kevin's point like we're talking about what pms do outside of outside of it i like in my personal view i'd probably tend unless for some reason i was like hey i want to pick up some extra like quick cash doing a contract to kevin's point, like i spend the time we're doing a, a new house reno we do airbnb stuff i have a couple of products that i've worked on in inventing i'm like 3d printing you're coming up with new stuff like all the time and obviously personal leisure stuff i would imagine that the people that you probably want probably end up doing some of the similar things that we all do when we're outside of work i'll report back what i learned catch me in the beginning of my discovery <laughs> the biggest theme that i can pull is the accountability of I agreed to this and I'm going to get paid for this and you paid me for this. So I need to go do this in this way that that kind of reduces the ability for you to be a little bit more creative and do it on your own time or when you have energy to do it, which is not what a client wants. But for me off the clock, that's what I want. And so that doesn't align with the desire to get paid for something like that. 
but it is different. And, and I think to Lou, what he's saying and kind of the, the tinkering stuff, I think it's also a different time in your life too, or like where you feel mm-hmm. like in your career, are you engaged in work too? And it might be the fact that like, you're just clocking in and out in the, in the day to day. And then, yeah, I mean, you have a whole bunch of capacity to earn more. Maybe you're building a nest egg, what have you. And it makes a lot of sense, but I think everyone's so unique and different. I am curious though, how you would structure the ask of hiring somebody. So let's say you wanted to hire a Lou or, or myself, what would be the ask? I'm not sure yet. That's what I'm digging. Yeah. So like, I'm looking, like, I know that there's this gap for this burst kind of capacity that I need. So I, right now I'm trying to, I, what, what that is for me is like, I need the ability with like anywhere from two to six weeks notice to staff a project outside of my full-time team. And the ask for that is typically going to be 40 hours. Our our engagements are always 40 hours a week or like 35 to 40 hours a week. You're going to pair with the client. You're going to embed with their team. And they're typically going to be eight to 12 or 16 weeks long to start with opportunities to renew. So it's kind of this like, you might have this opportunity to take on a big contract, but there's no guarantee. So I think this looks like having this short list of vetted people who may have capacity at some point. And it's kind of this like luck of the draw. This came up. Are you available? Do you want to take it? So now I'm kind of flipping to the other side, knowing that I occasionally have that need to figure out like, our, sounds like people are contracting. 25 people sent me a direct message within two hours of my post in the Colorado Slack channel. So people are looking for this. Now I'm trying to figure out like, what exactly are they looking? I got immediately overwhelmed. I just needed to fill one contract, which I quickly did. And then asked everyone to like, if you're still interested, let's keep talking. And I want to expand that search outside of just the Colorado product community and see like, what are people doing? What are they looking for? Is there some sort of potential match here? Can we put together some sort of, you know, sign up to be on our bench opportunity? I don't know. It seems like a marketplace product being birthed right now in front of us. It's like this is prime ability to do something like that, but. 12,750 people added to that market in the last few weeks. That's true. There you go. According the to the number that I've seen. Yeah, I, I suspect the challenge for me will become the vetting afterwards. So like PM theoretical skill, so easy to come by, right? Like how many people can we sit down and just like chat PM skill with? PM applied skill, especially through a full stack, can you run a backlog and chat with a business stakeholder in a way that like meaningfully moves the product forward? That applied skill is like a much smaller portion of those people. So then I think I'll encounter a vetting problem. Um, and then how are you going to vet? I think the way that Topital does it today is a almost like a quiz or a skill set assessment that's a form-based kind of approach like judging based on the answers maybe i i can't i don't know exactly or they might have an interview involved in that maybe there's something you can streamline the vetting of candidates that could help you build that base i'm inclined to pull on my web3 experience how do we decentralize reputation collect that information for candidates that's a different can of worms. <laughs> Isn't uh, reputation like... already decentralized and that's just what talking to each other is? Kind of. But you need access to the decentralized. Like, do I have time to talk to every person on each candidate's network? Mm. That goes all the way back to like the stuff Malcolm Gladwell introduced us to with connectors and mavens and all that stuff. What was that, the 90s? He was talking about that early 2000s. The tipping point? 
Yeah. There's a lot of different ways as a PM approaching this. Is this the right fit for you? Do you have bandwidth? Some of the considerations there. Now on the other side, if you're hiring for that, kind of what other considerations you're looking for there is like what you're what you're saying is this applied skill. What exactly are you looking for them to do? And do they have the competency to do that? And then how do you vet the competency? So there's two concerns yeah. over both the sides of the marketplace there. That's pretty interesting. Let's try to leave our listeners with some homework for this week based on our conversation. Sounds like one obviously hit up Lindsay with some add to the pile for Lindsay yeah. to reach out. But what homework would we have? Like a theme in our conversation was how do you really like to spend your time as a PM? I think there's some good homework for reflecting. Like, are you spending your product management energy and your creative energy and where you want to be? Fulfilling you or draining? Ooh, I like the fulfilling and draining. Underlying that, there was this, I heard two words that were important. There was recreation and leisure. And I think it's helpful to remember that like recreation is actually recreation, which is like it adds a dimension to what you're talking about, Lindsay. Yeah. What do you do to recreate yourself in your leisure? The homework I would say is there are opportunities available for people, even non-conventional ones in product world. Really, Lindsay, I think has shown one, and I think it's a good question for everybody to evaluate if that's something that they need at this point in time and understand that those options are available to you. That sounds good. I'm excited to see what, I mean, maybe circle back on this conversation, Lindsay, and see how it progresses and, and some of the learnings that you have with exploring this. It'd be really curious to see what you come up with, but thanks for sharing. Good discussion, but looks like we finished up our copy, so go level up. This has been Product Copy, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover. And who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.